0: Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith
0: Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to subscribe, the number is 94198377. You've been listening.
1: The rider is ready. Every fibre of his body is tensed. The interests here are enormous. He knows the opposition is strong and varied, but he is not afraid in his mind. All is absolute silence, tension, certainty. Then the traffic light turns green. Two, three strokes, and the rider is spurting full out. Here he goes, first to shoot across the tramline, earning him the usual 100,000 Gilda premium. Of all his rivals, a Volkswagen poses the greatest threat. But the rider squeezes out every last drop and succeeds in throwing himself over the front of the crosswork first, then over the back of the crosswork. As first past a traffic post and as first past a garbage can four more fat prizes of 100,000 guilders each. Then the Volkswagen passes him. It was a cold and bright May day, and the clocks were striking 13. No, you're listening to the, <laughs> the, the Yarrabug <laughs> radio show here at 3CR. I'm sorry, it's not 1984 anymore. <laughs> we're back to 2016, and on the wonderful 16th of May, you'll tuned in to 3CR, the Yarrabug show, bringing you up to date with all the news, happenings, events tips on safety in the Melbourne streets, and, of course, a wrap-up of what's happening elsewhere. Good morning, Faith.
0: Good morning, Val.
1: It is a peachy day, isn't it? It Lovely. is not it Lovely,
0: gorgeous this morning. A little bit of uh, dew on the grass and beautiful light. Perfect autumn morning.
1: Compliant motorists, everything is in your favour for the day. We're going to be touching on the uh, news and events that are coming up And we're going to have a bit of a talk today about lights. There have been some fascinating developments in the um, street art world of (laughs) offering advice to people who are riding with different sort of lights. We'll go into that and try and touch on the things that make you be seen properly and make sure that you're uh, secure and feel safe about being seen. Faith. Got to be a bike moment in this weather this week, hasn't there?
0: Oh uh, yeah, lots of bike moments. It was a beautiful weekend, and uh, I was working all weekend, which uh, in on days like that isn't such a bad thing to be doing. Um, I think the highlight was on Saturday. I had to lead a, a Westie women ride, which is a sort of food discovery tours that are run quite regularly over uh, in the West with uh, Joyce from Cycle Style, and together with the Squeaky Wheel. And it was a gorgeous day, and it is a long time since I've been to Footscray. It's one of those places I keep meaning to get to, but it's never on the way to anywhere. Um, So, yeah, beautiful afternoon riding around Footscray and uh, exploring and tasting a lot of very nice food.
1: Great food selection. There's got to be the great food selection. And how'd you go across the um, Footscray Road or...?
0: Yeah. And then, uh, and it was interesting. I I hadn't realised there were uh, as many off road trails there as there are. Yep. Um, and it's still certainly truckier. You know, for a while, riding with wolves was a thing. And every time I end up in the west, I I feel it's, it's riding with trucks. That's uh, so. Even in the CBD, the sort of shopping strip. Yeah. You're quite likely to find a large, large. Kenwood <laughs> looming up next to you. Which um, I guess my, my riding style generally avoids those routes. Yeah, but um, it was it was it was okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it's a great day ride right across there. Yeah, if you throw a bit of the marathon in, bit of the in. What's the uh, lovely statue alongside the Maribyrnong? I can't remember. One of the um... oh, I'm going to get slammed here. <laughs> There's a wonderful enormous, I presume of a Buddhist nature statue alongside okay. the banks of the Maribyrnong there as you round the back of the race course a little bit back oh, yeah. there. So that other yeah. side of not strictly Footscray. Yeah,
0: so we didn't go that far. But it was um, what uh, up from the river, the The railway station is pretty impressive. I mean, not that I normally go around noticing the railway stations. Which, but, oh, Footscray Railway yeah, Station. Oh, was, you, uh, yeah. And it's still a good mix over there. Yep. You know, it's yep. – uh, Yeah.
1: Um, great different types of cuisine everywhere It is a great spot um, I had uh, one of those moments um, I'll go back This is a long story So I'll sort of try and shorten it I've, um, I don't usually talk about work But I will on this one occasion um, um, The way we're Physically, you know, are we subtle? Are we young? Are we flexible? And that has an effect on how you sit on a bike. And of course, as we age a little bit, and or we fall prey to injuries, um, the way our posture changes. Um, and a customer who was on a bike, and he was complaining that uh, look, he could hardly ride it for ten or fifteen minutes because it hurt his hands so much. Anyway, so look at the bike and look at this kooky handlebar set up at the front and start to question how it ended up there that way. Um, I'm not gonna go into a story about how people end up on bikes that they end up on, but some people in some moment walk out of a bike shop with a bike that doesn't suit them. Anyway, long story short, set about trying to make the bike fit him a little bit better. So through a whole process of sitting on a stationary bike, working out this, working out that, doing this, changing handlebars, Anyway, you come to the final fitting or, you know, on a live bike, everything's ready to go, and so you're always a little bit careful. You go, oh, shit. Sometimes it doesn't translate from stationary to not. Anyway, uh, he went for a ride, came back, uh, this, that, changed a couple of things, uh, came back, uh, this, that, you know. We're talking about, you know, five-degree angles here and, you mm-hmm. know, said everything can sit. Anyway, he went out for the last ride. Well, he went for out for the next ride and he was away for a bit longer. Then he came back into the shop and he had this enormous smile on his face. <laughs> I, I walked away and said, job's done. Here we go. <laughs> but it was just that smile that yeah. actually said everything. It was really quite interesting. The, there's no moral to the story, but if your bike hurts you, you yeah something is not right. Yeah. You know.
0: And it's, it's amazing you, you notice riding around how many people are um, sitting on bikes that aren't well set up for them. And like running the Pushy Women series of confidence training recently, yep. the first thing we do is get everyone to ride around in a circle. And uh, yeah, you know, yeah, some sessions, literally 90% of them, you're just handing out allen keys and, and yeah. getting everyone to put their seats up. and. Yeah. And it's, it is that confidence thing. People often like to be able to put their feet on the ground, but it then makes everything else so much harder, so it's finding the right moment to <laughs> start edging it upwards. <laughs>
1: it, it, it's really quite – a lot of people are very protective about where they're sitting on the bike. Anyway, it is um, it's very – uh it's one of those little bike moments – I'm going to sneak in another little bike moment. Mm-hmm. A friend bought round a lock that he couldn't open or close, a combination lock yesterday. Anyway, he gave it to me. I looked at it, went bang, 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 gave him back. How'd you do that? I said, oh, well, that's the way it goes. <laughs> <laughs> so For- what was it? <laughs> fortunately, I knew the year of the day, the year of his wife's birth, <laughs> which was a combination. I dialed it in and it popped straight open. It was quite funny. <laughs> anyway. Some things you'll never... Not
0: one, two, three, four.
1: (laughs) That was what I I was nearly going to try, but I thought I got the first number, which was a four, and I thought, well, I've got two choices. (laughs) Go back one or the other. We'll be back with a bit of news just after this message.
0: 3CR has all kinds of music programs for you to hear. From blues to hip-hop, reggae, classical, punk, jazz, soul, indigenous, experimental, indie, metal and other music styles. Check out 3cr.org.au on the World Wide Web for more info. And you're back listening to the Yarra Bug Radio Show on 3CR. Uh, let's have a look at some news. There's a petition we've mentioned before, and I'm sure Chris and Steve have mentioned it on their show, um, regarding a shared path to make access through Russell Reserve easier and to make it accessible to more people. Um, and that is not a petition, sorry. You can make submissions to the Yarra Council regarding the designs for that path they up online at yarraconversation.com.au and you have until Friday the 20th of May. It's really worth taking a look at. There's a lot of thought gone into the design and you can see how it really um, makes an area that at the moment can only be used by a very small number of people um, a lot more accessible. It's going to take the pressure off the underpass at Russell Station. Pedestrians there won't have to deal with cyclists. Uh, and it's also going to make a much safer route. Certainly, getting around the obstacles at Russell Station with a pram and um, a wheelchair is, you know, really difficult, if not impossible. If you've got kids in a cargo bike, it can't be done. So uh, it's really going to make a big difference um, for all locals and those who want to travel through.
1: And it's one of those. Links that's in between two roads that you really hold your breath a bit when you ride on, so it actually really means something, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: so we'll put the link up um, in the podcast. But if you want to have a look in the meantime, it's au, and you're looking for the uh russell reserve shared path.
1: There we go. Now, in uh, of course, the cycling season is warming up in Europe, and we're week end of week one of the Giro, and um. I think time trial was last night. I think um, Bram – I'm not good on Italian names. Okay. But anyway, let's give it a go. Brambilla uh, – G- Gialushi Brambilla is in front. He's only about a second in front. Um what the, rear, the real sort of uh, power is at the back a little bit. Nabali sitting in fifth place, the Valverde sitting in sixth. So that's rocking on. Good chance to see the uh, tan countryside. It's been good viewing, actually. Yeah. yeah. I,
0: I got a little derailed with Eurovision. Yep. And <laughs> getting up at five to watch Eurovision and staying up really late to watch the Giro. And I thought, well, I can always come back to the Giro.
1: It'll always be there. <laughs> Tell me, is Australia East European or West European?
0: (laughs) We're English, uh, aren't we? I think if we see the voting, we're we're pretty firmly West European. (laughs)
1: I'm pretty convinced they'll never let us win, but so we should not. (laughs) Anyway, Cyclocross.
0: Cyclocross kicks off. The Victorian series kicks off the weekend coming with uh, the first of the Fields of Joy season at uh, Essendon Fields on the 22nd of May. So that's round one of the Victorian Cyclocross Series. Um, entries are open until midnight Wednesday, so you can still make a late uh, gambit to get in. And I'm pretty sure they'd also still be happy to take volunteers for the day. Um, I know they ran the Fields of Joy women's development session on the weekend and had uh, 24 or more women attending. There were f- over 40 attending the recent Dirty Deeds Women's Development yep. Session, so looking forward to a good women's field.
1: Gets bigger and stronger every year, cyclocross, and can I say it's every year women's participation keeps keep going up and up and up. It yeah, could be good.
0: It's it's a great inclusive. Uh, yeah, and it's it's going to be good this season. And with there are a the... lot of winners. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always good. Yeah.
1: Now, you're riding home. It's only about half past six, but the streets are dark. You're going slightly uphill. You can see a wave of cyclists coming towards you, all with these high-powered lights, some on helmets, some on bikes. You can hardly see where you're going. Where did this start from? Faith, I think you've got a bit of graffiti to report on from, Yarra, from Royal Park.
0: Well, there there has been uh, some messages on the Capital City Trail between Royal Park and uh, Docklands recently, which have uh, been changed um, more recently, but very firmly suggesting that you shouldn't be strobing your lights. Um, and uh, it just made me start thinking about this, especially living in the Netherlands for a while where I know strobing lights uh, or blinking lights are banned. So... Uh, it's sort of always interested me why we love them so much and, and what is the better thing to be using. Um, so uh, looking into it, I, I think uh, the, <laughs> the starting off, okay, with the Netherlands, why they've banned them, they yep. did some research. Um, so on a front light, there is some small advantage in the light being blinking in that it does make you more noticeable likely to be noticed. A real light they found there was no advantage at all. Um and this research was done in two thousand and eight. The but then what they looked at is the more cyclists you have, the less advantage there is in the front light blinking. So if you're riding by yourself, there is some advantage, but as soon as if you're coming up Canning Street at six PM, there's no advantage. Yeah. Um So I thought that was interesting. And as to why they've banned it, it was because it's basically distracting. It is, And that's why cyclists like it. It attracts drivers' attention, but it does distract them from other things they need to be noticing in the traffic. And I guess my personal fear has been that you're actually, especially with the really bright ones, a driver will see you, but they're not going to see the cyclist behind you or next to you. Mm. If, uh, and, you know, your experience with um, – also it affects other riders.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the, there are uh, – Germany and all that have flashing lights. Up. Well, Germany do it a little bit differently. They make the regulation. The light should fit within these regulations. Mm-hmm. Flashing lights aren't in the regulations. Every light has to be solid and steady. Yeah. Because we're two eyes we can triangulate distance. As soon as you get something blinking, you lose that fine ability to judge distance because the light's coming on and off. You can't triangulate properly. I think that's part of the German thing as well as it's distracting because you're actually trying to work out what's going on. And... the. Uh there's so many sides to this. Yeah. The other thing is happening is let's stick to rear lights for a minute and it works the same as the front. There is a thing called target fixation and you will notice that if you're riding home and there's a manhole cover up 20 metres up in front of you and you want to avoid it so you keep an eye on that manhole cover to yeah. make sure it doesn't move, chances are you'll be drawn to the manhole cover because that's where you're looking. The idea with target fixation, and this works with lights and a couple of other things, is that the already distracted driver falls prey to this fixation. He starts looking at the light and in a gradual process, the car veers towards the light because that's where he's going. That's one thing about bright lights and distracting and grabbing the driver's attention mm. is actually can in some cases be not good. Yeah. The other thing with flashing lights is you can't judge speed either. No. Which is the other thing. I'm coming towards a roundabout, flashing bikers coming from the left. I'm not too sure where he is. Yeah. Yeah. What do we? Um, so the the message is, everybody's got a little different take on this. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, I I think, and especially where this graffiti was on the that section in Royal Park. It, one section up the top, it's quite narrow. And if you were coming the other way at peak hour and you're faced with this, with 20 people coming towards you with those yeah. strobing lights, you wouldn't be able to see a thing. No. Um, and I, I certainly, if, you, if the idea of having the flashing light is to attract drivers' attention, there's no need to have it on a shared path. No. Um, so, and maybe it's something like thinking about where you're riding and, So if your route is up Canning Street and onto the Capital City Trail or something, then maybe keep it uh, still. Yeah. And that last little section through the back streets where you're by yourself up in Preston or Reservoir or wherever, maybe then you feel more comfortable with your front light flashing. Yeah. Um, But it it does need to be – the idea that everyone having a flashing light makes it safer is – you know, it's it's just creating more distraction and uh, more um, obstacles for the riders Mm. around you too.
1: Everybody then's in a state of looking at every flashing light, trying to keep touch with everybody. The other thing that's happened as well, I mean, uh, 10 years ago you couldn't buy a 300 lux Mm. light, light. What's happened in the last 10 years, the lights have gone from about 40 or 50 lux lumens, a different measurement, to I can go in and for $100 buy a $300 one, I mean 300 lumen one that blows out this enormous amount of light. And actually, if you look at those lights, and this is part of the downhill on the path, they're just an LED city in a parabolic reflector. So the light just goes out in a big, mm. wide range. Yeah. that's It goes everywhere. And if you point the hotspot of it, to the path 30 or 40 metres in front of you, that's what you see, but the rest of the light just disappears yep. into somebody's eye, whether it be a driver or um, another, another bike cyclist, rider. cyclist, yeah. And so that's part of it. Unlike headlights that are played back through a mirror and then sit on the ground so all the light's go on the ground when mm. it doesn't go anywhere else, it just goes everywhere. And all those high-powered lights are all like that. There are very few of them. I can't think of one on the market that has played through a reflector. Yeah. The biggest thing is you need to work out how much light do I need. And if I was riding that Yarra, the um, the Royal Park thing, I want to see where the path goes.
0: Well, because there's no lights up there. Yeah. So that's what you you need your light for, yeah. to actually see. Whereas if you're somewhere else, and, and again, if you're like doing um, maybe some of the mountain bike trails on the Yarra at night, then you're going to need good lights. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I have seen some people coming and they've got a, a still light and a flashing light on the helmet and, again, two on the handlebars, and it, it's all you can do not to end up in the creek or <laughs> through a fence.
1: <laughs> the idea to buy a good-looking bike and then accessorise <laughs> the crap out of it is never going to die. Uh, and then, look... Um, I'm sure most people who ride home are aware of this. They notice how distracting it is to them. You've got to actually think about how distracting it is to drivers as well because it's not like you're going to run into them. There are other couple of things on this I should say just before this. If you're looking to buy those lights, i found one of the most dangerous things is if I'm riding down the street and a car's going to enter from the left... Unless the light's got a bit of cut out on mm. one side, they've got no idea that you're there yep. really because the light's just directed in front of him.
0: That's Which doesn't mean you should attach them to the sides as well. No, like no. Like four blinking lights. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and one pointing left and one <laughs> or, pointing right. Or no right.
0: rotating disco ball.
1: <laughs> there are excesses here. Look, the other thing with those really high-powered lights is you get this um, – especially, say, if you're on a completely unlit trail like Royal Park or Gartner's Creek is dynamic for it because it's got a lot of twists and turns in it. Once you've got that high-powered light, everything close to that light source is lit up brilliantly. But But what happens is the peripheral vision goes as black as coal. So you don't see anything outside about 10 metres, which can be very dangerous sometimes. Yeah,
0: things will creep up on you. And it's... um I think you know it's it's part of one of those things where you you have to think about especially when you if, if you are riding home from the CBD or other areas where there's a, a good number of cyclists the initial part of your journey your safety is in numbers yeah and you don't need that what might appear or you perceive as that extra safety. There is, you know, if you have 10 or 15 riders all together with still lights, then you are quite a visible entity together. Um, And I think it's a a false perception that by having a blinking light you're going to be safer.
1: But think of what it's done to your pride. I've got a (laughs) 300-watt light. I'm the biggest in town. Get out of my way. (laughs) Let's digress into a couple of things that'll get you on the bike Things you can do. Yes. Ever thought of travelling from Bendigo to Heathcote? Yes. Make two days of it. Beautiful rail trail up there. And uh, 21st of May, so this is Saturday, um, train trip to, if you get on the 7am uh, train from uh, Southern Cross, you'll get to Bendigo in time for the ride. I think there's a 50k option, which is a ride to Heathcote and then get back from there. Uh, or two-day jobby or two-day
0: or do it in one
1: or do it in one if slam it uh, yeah
0: be great to see that rail trail haven't i think there's a new extension on it that's brought it up to the 50k exactly yeah. and
1: there's the, that those extension up to yarrick and all those things are just going steadily ahead all yeah. the time yeah it's good
0: um and coming up as we mentioned on sunday is the fields of joy cycle cross so we're whether you're competing, volunteering, because that would be really good to do and great fun, um, next to the best thing to being in it, or even just going along to cheer everyone else, um, it would be a brilliant day out. Also, coming up on the weekend after that is the Pushy Women Excursion. Run by the Squeaky Wheel. This is going an all-ladies day out on the bike, all on bike paths, so great for those who um, know how to ride and aren't always feeling confident enough to do so on the road. Starting off from Green Park Dining, where everyone will be getting free coffee, Velo Cycles will be doing bike tune-ups, and then there will be a ride to Abbotsford Convent in time to do some shopping at the Slow Food Farmer's Market, have a picnic.
1: And- Jobster. What day is that on?
0: That's on Saturday the 28th of May.
1: Do I need to register?
0: You do at thesqueegywheel.com.au. It's free, but you do have to register because it will book out.
1: There we go. And we're getting close to the equinox? No, darkest day, which means the Melbourne Roubaix is on again. You've only got a couple of weeks to design your costume. Get to it. Be part of Melbourne's big ride for the day.
0: Come up with a theme.
1: Come up with a theme.
0: Something no one's done before.
1: Yep. If I ever told you the story, running into somebody at uh, the local fish market, and <laughs> he must have recognised my bike. He said, "I know you. You're riding the Roopey every year." <laughs> I said, "I do." He said, "Me and my partner, we've come up with a great theme. We're going to go got a great costume. We're turning our bike into a train with." smoke and everything i said oh well done (laughs) two weeks later who was the winner of the costume man in a train it was (laughs) wonderful
0: and that's all we have time for today thanks for listening to the arabug radio show on 3cr 3cr is a community radio station and relies on the support of its listeners to stay on the air so if you'd like to subscribe or make a donation you can do that at 3cr.org.au coming up next is dirt radio